We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. We peel back the curtain on the show. There's always multiple ways you can get the PGP. Number one, you can get it on its normal iTunes feed. Just search Permission Granted. Also on the DA Show's iTunes feed or other places podcasts are downloaded. Then also on our website, daoncbs.com, although that link, I don't know if that's working right now. There's a weird weird corporate glitch with that, so you might just want to go to cbssportsradio.com and click on the DA Show tab. Let's start with the fact that there's been devastating news that I now, along with Andrew Bogus, have to eat the death by salsa. I don't know how this happened. As at one point in time, I was sitting very pretty in second place in the entire 82-team bracket with our listeners as well, and then somehow finished out of the money. Me and Bogus finished for last in the the death by salsa pool. And so now for the second year in a row, I have to eat this awful, horrendous, heinous, hellish salsa. You know, there was the theory this week that we broached on the air that was it possible we thought that one huge freeze was tanking he was so bad and now has finished in the money, do you honestly think that Huge Freeze found a way to alter his picks mid-bracket? While I love the conspiracy and I would not put anything past the huge one, I, I just don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. And I don't think deep down Robbie would have wanted that. Huge, I'm sorry, would have wanted that. Because I think somewhere inside Huge's uh, gullet, he wanted to be the one to eat the salsa just to get back involved. I really believe that. You thought that there was a real possibility he wanted to lose just so he can get back on the show. Yes. I would go as far as to say he was disappointed that he wasn't even in the mix on the championship game on Sunday because no matter what, he had clinched not having to eat because he didn't pick Baylor. I might have had to eat. And I think that probably rubbed him the wrong way because now, once again, he gets forgotten about. I think Robbie was in for what's good for the goose is good for the gander territory, and he's quite the gander. So I don't think he was fixing anything. I'm so bothered that I lost this. I put in so much work to avoid losing this, and then I was sitting so well for three quarters of the tournament. Well, this just shows you that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. What matters is our plan. It do, Like all those early games in the women's tournament specifically, because nobody's going to go off the wall and pick crazy, crazy upsets unless you're bogus picking Fordham to make a run. That in the end, all that really mattered was the final four because by the time we got there with the point scoring, most of us had the same, if not very similar, final fours. So we kept updating the score, not understanding how big the score jumps were. And in (laughs) essence, nothing mattered until the final four. Nothing mattered until you got to the final four. And if you had 
what we figured out was it was 320 points per round. So if you if you got Baylor in the championship as the champion, you got 320 points of the final game. Or in the first round, you had 320 points divided by 32 games, which is just 10 points per game. So the the value of getting winners right went from 10 points in the first round to 320 points for a champion. Now, I knew we were going to get this to the PGP, so I did a little digging for us as well. It turns out we really beat up ESPN.com there. CBSSports.com for the men's has exactly the same scoring. Only, the only difference is ESPN is doing it by the 100. So it started as 10 points for the first round, 320. In CBSSports.com, it's one point, then gets to 32. So it seems like a lot more drastic when you say 320 points. It's really out of 32. I don't like that scoring for CBS or ESPN because it does not value picking anything in the first round. It doesn't, but this is the problem. It does in the men's because in the men's, yeah, you really want to have the whole thing, the whole time when you make a bracket, it's about keeping your final four intact because you know you're going to get big points in the final four. The problem is in the men's, you could have so many different combinations in the final four. I mean, you can make the case 20 teams in the tournament could all end up at the final four of this field of 64 or 68. In the women's, maybe six of the teams could get to the final four. So, more or less, because there's less parity, I can't believe I'm breaking this down, in women's college basketball, when you do a bracket challenge, nothing is going to matter until the final four of the championship. So I get your point that nothing in the first round matters, but it kind of does because you could lose a final four team on the first weekend of the tournament, and then your bracket is cooked on the men's side. That'll never so, happen in a women's bracket. So you're suggesting that the scoring is bunk for a women's bracket yes. because there doesn't allow for enough fluctuation. Exactly. the fluctu- It has to be different in a women's bracket because in the end, unless you're a complete idiot, you're going to pick favorites to get to the Final Four, and mostly in the women's side, that's going to get there. The men's side, you know, you could get rewarded for a Loyola of Chicago making a run or, or doing the upsets, or if Michigan State loses the Middle Tennessee, <laughs> yeah. your bracket's ripped up in the first weekend. Your bracket's never going to get ripped up in a women's style with those with that point system. I know, and, and it's too bad because I like doing it based on the women's bracket because it's such arbitrary picks. We don't right. really know anything. But I was just thinking, like, nobody probably had in our group, and and largely nobody that I know of, had Texas Tech versus Virginia in the national championship game. And they certainly wouldn't have not had Texas Tech versus Auburn. So doing it in the men's bracket, if we did this again next year, is kind of better because it allows more craziness to happen. Right, and if you want to go chalk and take Duke because that's what everybody thought would end up in the championship game, well, guess what? You're running that risk of that could really not happen. And even in a women, you know, two years ago when UConn lost to Mississippi State, boy, I'm really digging deep on the women's hoops here, that happened in the Final Four. So you still got to the point where they were in the Final Four. You're not seeing a, a number two seed not make the Sweet 16. Like That's not happening. Bogish had all four Final Four teams correct and came in last with me. Because that, you, That's impossible. Right. Because basically we all had right. three of the four Final Fours or something like Which that. Which is why... This sounds real snooty, which is why if Baylor's the best team all year, odds are Baylor's going to win the championship in women's college basketball, and you're better off just picking them to win. So I hate the idea that I've got to eat death by salsa, but I also hate it because I've got to eat peeps. I hate peeps. We we are in lockstep on this. I don't think we've been more unified on a food front than how <laughs> gross peeps are. I don't mind wearing the Easter Bunny costume. I've worn dopey stuff before. I don't mind handing out Cadbury cream eggs to the sales department. <laughs> I mean, you Which wore, is going to be humiliating. You wore a big mouse costume once, or mice costume once, to the uh, to work for Halloween. Yes. 
this is not Halloween, so it's slightly more embarrassing. But the peep with salsa is so freaking disgusting. Awful. <laughs> disgusting. It's oh, marshmallowy. God. It's sugary. It's going to stick to that hotness. Oh, and oh. The fact that Huge Freeze did not come in last year, does this mean we're never really going to see Huge Freeze back on the show? So he texted me, as Huge Freeze likes to do. Sure. And he said he needs to be there for the event. Oh! Oh! Wow! I don't know if I responded to him. I know I saw it, so I'm sure he's listening to this because he's locked in. Here would be my opinion on that. Number one, you're banned, so you're out. Number two, though. No, he's banned from being on the air. He's not banned from the studio because he works around here. Well, nobody could tell him to get out of the studio if he wants to watch it. Right. But are we required to have him be a part of it in some way? His voice be heard? No, it doesn't have to be voice being heard, but I don't mind him being on set almost like like the audience at uh, the uh, Kelly Ripa show. Okay, but like, is he coming in just to be on set? I think he's coming with the expectation he's a part of this in some way because we did ask him to be a part. He of He was a competitor. So where where do you draw the line? Well, then? I think I I actually think that he's validated and wanted to come in, and here's why: had he lost, he put his butt on the line and had to come in to eat disgusting salsa in an Easter Bunny outfit. Peeps by with salsa by winning, it shouldn't force him to not be allowed to be part of the event. You know, he actually, he he has part of the winnings as well. He gets to watch the other person get embarrassed. Sure. So that's you put your butt on the line like this. The win is you get to be there as somebody else is humiliated. So it it doesn't. It's not fair that he put his butt on the line and that doesn't get to take part in like the glee because there's no there's no reward in winning. That's the thing. We don't put our we we don't say like oh the winner gets. X, Y, Z. It's just the loser paint is but pain. But here is the problem with this show yet again. We don't set enough parameters <laughs> pre-show. This was such a sticky situation, no pun intended, with the peeps, to have Huge involved to begin with that now when this happens and he brings this up, uh, if I'm being honest as a human being, as an observer, if I could take myself out of the producer's chair, I sure. think Huge has every right to be here for it. Yes. But for an integrity standpoint, I'm going to say, damn well, he's banned. This was the bad... We retired a jersey. He's banned. But it, I think by virtue of him being part of this competition, he is not totally banned because had he lost, he would be eating peeps on the show. But he's only involved in the competition because he was grandfathered in <laughs> off having to eat last yes. year? Yeah. yeah. This, whole, this seems very backwards. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, this is like Pete Rose showing up for a Reds old-timers day. I don't think I think it makes sense. All right, well, I look – I, we're going to have to talk with Bogus more here. I think he's more of a credible mind on this because you're too much pro-huge. I'm too much anti-huge. I am pro-fairness, okay? And fairness... Nah, you're pro-Sinatra fair, singing. Fairness dictates if he put his butt on the line and would have had to come in to eat Death by Salsa, the flip side is when he doesn't have to eat it, he's allowed to come in to watch the other person have to eat Death by Salsa. Huh. All right. Maybe maybe he will. Maybe I'm pro-fairness here. All I'm saying is there will be no decision made on this podcast. We will discuss this further off the air. But maybe leave it up to the listeners to get their opinion. Are you going to talk to uh, Jay Berman or Joey Waller or somebody <laughs> about the Joey Waller wedding Joey Wa- Saturday? Joey Waller himself, who got married the night of the Final Four, will be up on side B. His wedding happened. We're going to get into all the details, what I ate and everything. 
But as uh, was talked about, I had to give a speech. Jay Berman had to give a speech. We didn't understand why you were pegged to give a speech. Did you ever get to the bottom of that? Yeah, I mean, I'm friends with Joey. I'm good yeah, friends but with Joey. As we said, you're not a top five friend for him. No. Well, no, I, I you're think... You're a top five Joey Waller friend? Yeah, I He's think He's not a so. top five of you. No, that's unfair to Come paint on. And, the, and the light. That's unfair to paint. No, it's not unfair. Me you and Joey o- have a lot of good conversations. He's somebody I lean on okay, professionally. That's fine. I think also what plays in this, Joey thinks I'm very funny. And who wouldn't think I'm very funny? Well, we and, talked about this on the show. And he wanted me to be funny in a speech. And yes, I think I did that. You you were brought in for content, not because of your relationship with him. Ah, see, I, I disagree. We talked about this on this podcast. You said you were being used for content. You said that last week, I think. I was going for cheap laughs, okay? <laughs> I was going for cheap laughs. I, w- I was there for a reason. All right, wait a second. When you got married, who was your uh, best man? Chicken Carm? My friend TJ. TJ. And my friend Brian. I co-best men. Okay. Joey was not even at my wedding. <laughs> okay. Those are your top two. Then Chicken Carm's in there. Now he is. Chicken Carm was not at my wedding. Uh, we, we were kind of in a lull. I have a, a, I have a large, I think if you're asking me, do I have a larger pool of friends than maybe Joey does? Perhaps. That's perhaps. probably That's probably accurate. I would say in your power rankings of your best friend to where Joey comes oh, in, boy. he's outside of the top 10. He's probably outside of the top 15. Yeah, because I, because the length of time of knowing somebody okay. plays into it yeah, for me. Totally. Okay. And, and your relationship, like you said, you, you don't hang out with him socially. I wish I did. No, we okay, live very far different. away. It's different. You have said this on this podcast that you don't hang out with them socially, that you have no stories to tell you. You said you didn't know what you were going to say at the speech. And I came through. Okay, so I'm just going to give the background for you. Needle me into more trouble here. I made this joke on the air at WFAN when talking about Joey Wallace. When I didn't understand why I was speaking. Okay. Clearly, <laughs> I was being in tongue-in-cheek, and Joey is very offended that I said this. <laughs> Because he said, why, why wouldn't you be speaking? <laughs> and it was wrong of me to make a cheap joke at his expense. So I, Joey will be on side B. We will talk this through. <laughs> okay. And I need to stop. It was Joey's big day. I delivered a speech. I was happy to deliver the speech. I thought we had fun with it. I love Joey to death. Joey's a good friend of mine. I am not going to take any more bait here. <laughs> I'm not going to dig myself anymore. Well, holes. that's funny because I don't know. I mean, he invited me to his wedding, which I appreciated. I couldn't make it because I was still in Minnesota. But... I know I'm not a top 10 Joey Waller friend. I know this. Yeah, but I think it also plays into friend plus he thought I'd be a good speaker in yeah, that Yeah, well, yes, content. Like, you want to pick right. the right speech sure. speech giver, the right speaker. But I don't think it's breaking any news that you're not— Breaking bad news? I don't think it's breaking bad news that you're not one of his top five friends in his life. And that he's not one of your top 10 or top 15 friends. That doesn't seem like it's breaking news. Yeah, You know, okay, but— Kyrie Irving's not a top 50 NBA <laughs> player of all time. Guy still has a ring. A lot of this is very unfair. Look, I'm Unfair? Gonna, I'm just giving you numbers. Look, I think... I'm Bill Jamesing this. You're getting, This is setting a lot of stuff up that you're going to hear inside B. <laughs> what has happened here is I have realized I'm a victim of my own uh, comedy in that... <laughs> a victim. I, I have no problem when somebody makes fun of me. I don't. I don't care. You can say whatever you want about me and I will always laugh. I, 
assume everybody else is like that. So when I poke jokes or make jokes that I don't actually mean, but I'm kind of half-hearted kidding, they come back and throw it in my face. I, since Joey Waller's wedding, have had a lot of backlash. My face. Joey is pissed at me. Jay Berman's pissed at me. And you're going to hear why, because Jay Berman gave a speech as well, and it was one of the worst hosts of all time. You said it was awkward, uncomfortable, and then yeah. you called him out on WFAN for it. Uh, uh, yes. Put it this way. He mentioned Schindler's List at a Jewish wedding. That's bad. Uh, he is Jewish, so... But nonetheless, I found it awkward. Joey, you think? Joey is now on the record saying neither he or his wife were offended. And I don't think anybody should have been offended. Okay. That wasn't my point. It was still very awkward <laughs> to hear. And thus, when I was telling the story, I said, I don't understand why I was giving the speech to Joey while I was wedding. Anyway, which I'm just having fun with. I'm just having fun. But now everybody's so sensitive about what I've said around this wedding that now I look like the bad guy. I think Joey's wife probably already hates me now, and I didn't even mean anything. Well, you are willing to say anything at any time. You do not have a filter. I don't. Which is what makes you entertaining on the radio, which makes you always, like, worth tossing to because you never know what you're going to say. Right, but now apparently I'm offending people that are close to me like Joey and like Jay, and I don't like it. Yes, but have you learned this lesson so many times over? You've offended your wife. You've offended your mom. You've offended your sisters. You've offended, like, a tons of times. It's a good point. I should have said that to Joey. Like, I called my sisters fat and, like, basically pieces of garbage on the radio, and they didn't talk to me for a couple weeks. So, please... He said I, I made him I made him look like a schlep, like I like a disaster on New York radio. I think this is the key is if you only have limited interaction with you, there's only limited chances for you to embarrass other people on the right. air. But for those of us that know you really well, you are willing to take all shots at all people. Anything for a laugh. Anything for a Anything laugh. Anything for a laugh. And I'm sorry if it offends you. And I think people are starting to distance themselves from me because of it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna end up dying a really lonely person because of it. But I mean, seriously, your wife has been called to the carpet. Your your sisters have trashed my wife on Trash Tuesday <laughs> again. You said right. okay, I haven't done this in a while. Let me right. do it again. Your mom for the way that she raised you. Right. I mean, there's been I've gotten the the brunt end of it. I mean, Bilotti gets it almost every day yeah. from you crushing him. Yeah, I crush anybody close to me. So I'm sorry, Joey, but take that as a badge of honor that we are close. If I'm, ba- I'm bashing you that much. So I had to have him on at side B. We're gonna. So Waller comes up on side B for you to bury the hatchet with him. Yeah, bury the hatchet. It's a therapy session. It's it's uh, a recap of the wedding. I let him air his problem with me. Uh, he tries to do a mea culpa to explain what I bashed him on, and I also read <laughs> a little gift for the fans. I wrote down my speech. I read the speech. You can hear the speech. Oh, very good. Too. So we get a little of all of that encompassed, and it should be noted as we are taping this. I have not been told directly by him. But I've been frozen out by Jay Berman is not happy with me because I went on WFN in New York and discussed his Schindler's List reference. Well, Schwartz has frozen you out. Yeah, a lot of people who are close to me have frozen me out. And I think <laughs> I'm, I don't know if people even like me anymore. I, I have to question that in general. So that's what happens. You want to invite me to a wedding, you want to have me speak, I'm going to end up going on the air and t- saying everything that happened afterwards. And I think it makes for good content. If you don't like the heat in the kitchen, get out. Look, I think that's the one thing. You have to know signing you up. If you are going to speak, you sign up for you taking shots right? and for you exposing what happened on radio. You think the Raiders don't know what they're getting into with Antonio Brown? <laughs> Wilder should have known what he was getting into with me. <laughs> Here's side B. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome inside Side B. 
of the PGP. This is Mraz, the host of Side B and the executive producer of the DA show. There will be no Andrew Bogus on Side B today. There will be no Pete the Body Bilotti, but there will be a breaking good news with Joey Waller. Joey, good morning. Good morning, Shawnee. How are you feeling? And the reason we're breaking good news is here, well, I'll just say the bad news is Joey has to be on this PGP as we tape it early in the morning. The good news is he's married. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is day three. <laughs> and we're still together, right? And they said it wouldn't last. <laughs> so the wedding, as they're calling it, the wedding of the century was over the weekend. Night of the Final Four, as we kind of poked fun at Joey throughout the weeks. And uh, several of the CBS Sports Radio slash WFAN uh, you know, cast of characters, cast of thousands, made their way to Somerset, New Jersey, uh, in a building that frankly looked like the White House for uh, Waller's wedding. And Waller, let me start here. Uh, number one, shocked at how I would say bougie a wedding you had. You know, for Mr. Laidback Frozen Dinners, you had a wedding at one of the fanciest places I've personally ever been to. Well, one, thank you very much. And two, that's all my wife. In fact, uh, one of my friends texted me the day after. It was very nice. I got a lot of texts that were saying not only congratulations, but what a nice place it was and how good a time everyone had. And one of my friends said, okay, so two things he said in his text. He goes, number one, great place, great wedding, had a great time. Two, clearly it was all your wife's doing. (laughs) And I said, 100% true. Yeah, well, uh, there are a couple things that if you have followed Joey Waller at all and had some fun on the DA show with the Breaking Bad News and the snacks and everything like that, uh, number one, we check into a hotel and we get a goodie bag full of, I mean, Jolly Ranchers and Doritos and Oreos and Milanos and, and two packs of certain foods. I've never even seen them make in two packs. So that, to me, felt like all you because you are Mr. Snack, if you will, around CBS Sports Radio. Well, even the snack bag was Shari's idea, although I did shop with her to make sure that some junk food staples were included for the group. But the Milanos were her idea. I, I think that kind of classed up the cookie portion of the snack bag. <laughs> That's the still question. The Milano is the classiest of all the packaged cookies. <laughs> uh, and also, it should be noted, we had an entire, uh, basically, room and half an hour to hour devoted to desserts. There wasn't just your traditional wedding cake, although you did that as well. We had a room with waffle makers and ice cream sundaes and cheesecakes and little cannolis and cookies. I believe they're calling this the, the Viennese hour. Is that what we had here? The Viennese table, actually. Several Although tables. Several. It was indeed several tables. And at that point, it was really just, you know, I, I would sum it up this way. It was part of a wedding that had not just a lot of dessert, but I, I'm sure you'd agree, a lot of food. There was a ton of food oh. at the cocktail hour. And, you know, I said to the Mater D, Richard, who did a great job, he was so good all night keeping an eye on everything, a little pop for Richard. I said to him at one point before the wedding, when I knew how much food we were going to have, I said, Richard, stupid question, man. What happens to all the food that doesn't get eaten? Of course you had to ask that. (laughs) There's obviously going to be a ton, literally. And he goes, you know what? It's a wedding. That's what happens. Unfortunately, it gets thrown out. But um, I think the only part of the Viennese table, dessert at the end, where there was all this uh, collection of cakes and cookies and all kinds of other stuff, like you said, different 
waffle makers and so on and so forth. The only part of it I think that pe- some people weren't happy with is that uh, the palace where we had the affair, they are uh, very firm about not letting anyone take anything home with them. Uh, so they actually do have people from security watching Come. to make sure that no one tries to go out the door with any food. And you and I both know that one of the guests from the radio station, who remained nameless to protect the innocent, um, he did want to bring something home to his wife because she was home watching their kids and couldn't make it. And of all the things at the Viennese table, what does he decide to bring home? Three chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I've, I've never been at a wedding where I've heard somebody utter, yeah, i got to bring something home to my wife. Let me just grab this table bar napkin and put three cookies in my pocket and walk <laughs> out of there with the lint tray. I mean, for who, bring something home to your wife. We're not at a barbecue on the 4th of July here. Why didn't you order an extra steak at that point? <laughs> she hasn't had a good cookie in several months. I'm going to take care of that right now. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And for those wondering, my list of foods included, I hammered home a giant bowl of mashed potatoes with cheese, bacon, and sour cream. I had bacon-wrapped shrimp. I had penny alla vodka. I had, su- you had su- a sushi station. A guy was sitting there making sushi. I ate that. Uh, I really stuffed my face and to the point where I didn't finish my dinner, and I didn't realize how much I had eaten at the cocktail hour. I turned to my wife. I go, man, I don't know. I must be losing a lot of weight. I'm getting so full. She goes, Sean, you had about 10 pounds of potatoes an hour ago. <laughs> how great was the potato bar? That was a nice touch. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You really you, – you know, for those who don't know, Joey called me with the do's and do nots of a way. I wanted to know, you know some ideas and – you know, what I talked to him about, about cocktail hour and all this stuff, you went above and beyond, and really, it was it was a fabulous wedding. Now, Thanks. let's get to the part that matters, me giving a speech at your wedding. Yeah. I uh, I got to be honest, I was nervous. For the first time ever in public speaking, I was nervous, Joey. I heard through the grapevine that you were nervous afterwards, and why is that? Because I'm shocked to hear it. I, You know what I don't realize is, uh, you know, I like to be the funny guy. I like to tick people off, which we'll get to in a second. I like to do all this. I think it was the idea that when I turn on a microphone, whether it's with DA or with CMB on WFA in New York or on this podcast, I think it's the idea I'm not looking at anybody. And I think the fact that I got up there in front of a room of, let's face it, only 10 other people I knew scared me to death. And also, I was worried about stumbling and uh, being judged. I don't know, but I, you should have seen. I, I took three separate days and ripped up separate sheets of paper about jokes I wanted to make in the speech. Then at one point, I thought I was writing too many funny lines, and I had to make sure I said something nice about your wife because, you know, I'm up there giving a wedding speech. But I was sweating bullets leading up to that wow. speech. I am I am really shocked to hear this, but I guess it shows that uh, that you're human. But I can relate actually because I've told people this. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Um, much like you, as it turns out, although you know I've done radio and I've done TV and I'm used to speaking to the masses in front of a camera or a microphone, I still to this day get a little uncomfortable. I've gotten better with it, but I get a little uncomfortable speaking in front of groups. Like if I'm asked to talk about my legendary broadcasting career, Sean in front of a classroom, for instance. Um, (laughs) If there's 15 kids in the class and I see that one little bastard in the back of the room on his phone not paying attention, it throws my whole routine off. I'm like, why am I not getting through to that guy? Well, well, I I agree. And now I'm going to leave you a little surprise here, Joey, in the audience before we get to more. I have the speech in my pocket written, and I'm going to reread it for the podcast and see if it, if it flies with the group. Are you okay with that? Sure. All right. Good evening. I hope everyone is enjoying themselves on the Waller's special night. 
Joey and I have been co-workers and more importantly friends for near a decade now. One of the first things Joey did was get when getting engaged was to call me. Having been married about five years ago myself, he asked me for the do's and do nots to throw the perfect wedding. I told him the most important thing was to keep the speeches short and sweet. Yet here we are, and I'm the second of what is it tonight? Five speeches, Joey? Way to listen, bud. <laughs> Joey and I have shared laughs along the way. I've taught him how to use Twitter, how to find how to find an IHOP on New York City streets when he's panicked for breakfast, and he's taught me on how to hold a grudge if someone shorts you 15 cents when chipping in on a Chinese food order at work. There's a reason Michael Hadassi's not here tonight. Now, this is where I turn the page. I'm nice to your wife here, all right? Shari? Excuse me, and by the way, just a quick interjection. Yeah. The, the, the Michael Hadassi, I thought, was a, was, a, was a big left-term detour because almost nobody at the wedding knew who he was. That, but, was, but proceed. that was for you. All right, anyway, Shari, I knew you were the one for Joey before you did one Saturday morning when they were first dating. I should have said when you were first dating. That was stupid. Joey called me for his usual meaningless chit-chat. I asked him where he was, and he was at an estate sale looking to buy Shari a Derek Jeter picture. For Joey and all 400 of his Mets and Lucas Duda tweets to be doing that, you must know that she is special. And I'll close with this. Shari, if you're ever doubting how perfect you are for Joe, Know that this is a man who once got fried chicken at ShopRite for dinner. Didn't like the look of the sides under the heat lamp, so drove 15 minutes out of the way to make sure he got onion rings and zesty sauce from Burger King. If he'll do that for the perfect dinner, then saying I do for the rest of his life, well, you must be the perfect meal for him. Congrats and well wishes to both of you. Welcome to the radio family, Sharon. And that's I what missed I the little... Uh, very nice. I missed the little meal play on words at the end there when you did it live the first time, so I'm glad we got the uh, the, the second rendition there. Well, I figured, you know, if we're going to talk about the speech, I'll give the audience the speech. So my whole purpose there, and I'll let you inside the mind why I was nervous, I am trying, this is the first time I ever gave a wedding speech, Joey, by the way. So that that made me nervous. Number two, I, I tried to keep it short. I, I knew I was there to be funny, but I also didn't want to be a total embarrassment and wanted to make sure I was still doing the idea of a wedding speech. And that's what I tried to check off there. Your thoughts. You could totally kill me if you want. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. And I'm surprised both, again, that you were nervous knowing you, the man who will say anything, which we'll get to in a moment. Right. And also, I'm surprised to hear that you've never given one before because you're Mr. I go to a lot of weddings guy and um, clearly have a lot of friends. And I'm surprised that no one has asked you, although in retrospect, maybe I... Maybe I shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> no, but um, in fact, I was actually, I'll let you in on a little secret about my speech, because I, Shari spoke briefly and then I spoke last after you guys did, of course. I was actually going to open my speech by saying, um, it is true that Sean uh, warned me that uh, no one should be long-winded here tonight when I asked him for his advice. And as he says, I, I did ask his advice. And the reason I asked it, I was going to say... The reason I asked it is because Sean claims he goes to a lot of weddings. Now, why a 31-year-old man is attending all these weddings is another story, but that's what he <laughs> says is the case. I, yeah, but nobody's let me in on the speech. Now we'll get to this other part, which is Jay Berman, who is part of CBS Sports Radio, also spoke. And to set the scene before we realize where I put my foot in my mouth and have really ticked off a lot of people, Jay Berman speaks in front of a lot of your family and Shari's family. And I would say there was a good portion of an older crowd there, many of whom of Jewish faith. Is that fair to say? Best way to put it? Yes. 
Jay opens his speech, also nervous like me. And originally, the backstory is didn't write anything down, was going to kind of wing it. Then he, when he saw I had a piece of paper, started hyperventilating at the table, freaking out. <laughs> and his, he opens with, Joey, your favorite movie is, is Schindler's List. And the quick follow-up is, I finally got around to watching it, and after the 15th assassination or whatever, and I saw the look on his face, I saw the look on everybody's face, and I think everybody realized this was going downhill real quick. You threw him a quick lifeline with great acting, uh, but I, I really don't, I think Jay was trying to pull a good, you know, movie nugget out with the end. It just, it didn't play with the room. Now, I told this story on CMB on WFA in New York. On Monday, because Joey Waller works over at WFAN, they asked me, do you have any good stories from the Waller wedding? You know, we, you know, good WFAN pop. And that was a story I told. In doing so, I I guess tried to play extra funny guy and did the old, oh, why, why is Joey asking me to do it? I mean, geez, I don't even know the guy. And apparently uh, that didn't, I, I didn't connect with what I was going for. So first of all, let me apologize to you for that. But I want to get it on the record here, here on Radio.com. I am sorry, and I will leave the floor for you whether you are still mad at me for, as you said, uh, sullying your name on local radio. Let me address a few things briefly. First, you told CMB that it was a, quote, reach, I believe, by having you and Jay Berman give toasts at my wedding because we're supposedly not really good friends. And then you tell me everyone knows you were joking. Now, of course, that's completely false that we're not friends but that aside i always tell you shawnee not everybody knows your humor you're not jerry seinfeld we're not good friends whose shoulder do you call to cry on to complain about your on-air career not having a meteoric rise me Uh. and when i suggest you talk to carlin about it what do you say joe you know that chris is selfish he only cares about his own career and Jay and I, I'm kidding, of course. Oh, and Jay and I, and boy, Sean with a big exhale there. Jay and I text so much daily that my new wife, Shari, thought we had something going on for a while. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, well, let me just stop you real quickly, and I'll, I'll connect this. My wife at one point thought I had something going on with a girl that I renamed in my phone, Joey Waller, at one point. But go on. <laughs> that would be a slick move by you. You also poked fun at my station invite list, which is fine, going for the joke. But to clarify... It was a small wedding, under 90 people. I limited my station invites to those I have the most rapport with, which just happens to mainly be behind-the-scenes people. But John Jastrzemski was there. I invited one other host who insisted he wanted to come, but a family issue prevented that. I don't want to mention his name, Steve Summers. But um, I work with many people that I'm, of course, work-friendly with. Like, you know, I talk to Bart Scott occasionally about TV shows. I'm sure Bart wasn't expecting a wedding invite. And finally, you criticized Jay for referencing in his wedding speech that one of my favorite movies is Schindler's List, which is true. Obviously, it's about a tragic story, but some call it the greatest film ever made. Now, both Jay and I are Jewish. Neither Shari nor I minded his remarks. No guest told me they were offended. On CMB, you also exaggerated a little bit the percentage of Jews and those 60 or older at the wedding. I mean, you made it sound, Sean, like during Jay's speech, members of the Israeli Knesset got up and walked out in the middle of it. Uh, You can picture Sean right now Googling Knesset, by the way. But the bottom line, I guess, with you, Sean, is never let the facts get in the way of a good radio bit. Right, buddy? 
That's a hundred percent. Thank you. That's exactly what I said. You know, if you got to over-exaggerate something for the sale of the crowd, Joey, that's what I'll do. And if that was at the expense of you and Jay, then I apologize. I could tell you here we are 24 hours later after my remarks on the air and Jay Berman is still not talking to me. So <laughs> it could be a while. Could be a while. But just know that uh, I had a blast. I enjoyed the wedding. I apologize if I offended you when telling the speech story. But look, any pub is good pub, as they say, Joey. And I thought it was good pub for the wedding. I had a blast. You know I did. Just put me on the list of people you've taken down, like some of the immortals, Sister Jean. Yes. If I could do that to a nun, Joe, I could do that to you. Giancarlo Stanton, who can forget when you ripped him a new one after his first game in a Yankee uniform? It all ties together. But at least I got Milano's out of it. The Milano's were a big hit. All right. You can follow Joey on Twitter, at Joey Waller. Joey, congratulations on getting married. From everybody at the DA Show family, well wishes to you and your new wife, Sharon. Thanks, buddy. Even though I call you buddy, despite the fact that we're, quote, not really friends. Yeah. We're just going to take a while to fly out. All right. Take care, everyone. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.